Awesome. Well, it's Palm Sunday. So I want us to look at the Palm Sunday passage recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. So I'd like you to turn to Matthew chapter 21. Would you turn there with me? Page 1137, if you're using a Bible under the seat in front of you. Matthew chapter 21. Are you all there? Great. Let's do something a little different. Let's all stand together in honor of God's word. And I'm going to read our passage out loud. It says in verse 1 of Matthew 21, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Zechariah, That's the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Father, we stand in honor of your word, and we also stand to welcome you as our King. Lord, we welcome you as king to this service. We welcome you as king to this church. Be king in our families. Be king in our homes and in our marriages. And Lord, how we long for you to be king of this nation. King in our schools. And Lord, we welcome what you have for us this morning from your word. I pray that we would glean what's needed and apply it to our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. So Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ into Jerusalem. There are a lot of different angles that we could take on this passage. For instance, we could talk about how on Palm Sunday, that was when Jesus formally, officially presented himself to the nation of Israel as their king and as their Messiah. That's a really big deal. Or we could talk about that amazing prophecy that you find in Daniel chapter 9. It's known as the 70 weeks of Daniel. And from that passage, it predicts the exact date of Palm Sunday. Fascinating. 
Or we could talk about the fickleness of people. I mean, here on Palm Sunday, you have a crowd that's praising the name of Jesus, but within a week, there'll be a crowd shouting, crucify him. Those are all very good things to consider from this passage, but you know what really captured my attention this week as I studied the passage? The donkey. (laughs) The donkey plays a significant role in this story. In fact, here in Matthew, more than half the passage speaks about the securing of that donkey as a fulfillment to Old Testament prophecy. And if you go look at Mark's account, significant space given to the donkey. Luke's account, lots of space given to the donkey. John's gospel speaks of the donkey. I mean, this is one important donkey, don't you think? (laughs) And I hope you won't be too offended this morning if I might suggest that we could learn a lot from a donkey. There are incredible lessons from this donkey. In fact, I find five. And I want you to notice first that that donkey was a chosen donkey. A specific donkey hand-picked by the Lord Jesus Christ. You read in the story, Jesus knows where this donkey's at. He knows the village. He knows exactly where it's going to be tied up. He tells his two disciples, Go to that village, you're going to find that donkey right there. And he even knows what to say to the people who would say, hey, why are you taking the donkey? Give the donkey up, the Lord has need of it. So this isn't coincidence, this isn't by chance, this is divine appointment. And you have to believe that there were other donkeys in the village. There were other donkeys in nearby villages, perhaps they even saw donkeys walking alongside them as they traveled to Jerusalem. But Jesus said, don't get any of those donkeys. Get that specific donkey. It's been chosen by me for this time, for this day, for this hour, for this moment, for this task. Now, I believe that we're a lot like that donkey. Because my brother and sister in Christ, please know this morning that God has chosen you. God has a specific task for you. God has a plan for you. Jesus said in John chapter 15, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Jesus has chosen you for a task. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It is no accident that you are alive on planet Earth for this time, for this hour, for this moment, for this task. It is no accident that you work where you work, that you go to school where you go to school, the neighborhood in which you live, 
You've been chosen for a task. And I got to tell you, I believe we live in very consequential times. I personally believe we may be the last generation of God's people. I believe we're living in the last days and every man or woman that has been saved by the Lord Jesus Christ has something to accomplish. We're here for such a time as this. That donkey was chosen, so are we. I want you to notice also that that donkey was needed. Absolutely needed. In fact, verse 3, it says, The Lord has need. Why did Jesus need that donkey that day? It was an absolute necessity that Jesus would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. We never read of Jesus ever riding on a donkey or a horse at any other time during his public ministry. But here, on this day, he needed to ride on that donkey. Why was it? Was he tired? Did he need a donkey Uber? Did he need a duber? I'm so tired, call me a donkey. No. That donkey was needed as a fulfillment of a very specific and important Old Testament prophecy. One that would indicate when the king, Jesus, arrived. Matthew reads from Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. A prophecy concerning Jesus that was written 500 years before this day. Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. I want you to understand something years in advance. When your king shows up, when your Messiah shows up, he'll come riding in on a donkey. And it will be obvious So the donkey was needed to fulfill that very clear prophecy and sign. You know, it's so tragic that, as you know, Israel would end up rejecting their king. But it was very clear. You know, as a side note, in those days when kings came into a city on a donkey, that was symbolic that they were coming in peace, to bring peace. When kings arrived in ancient cities riding on a horse, that meant they were coming for war, to conquer. So understand, at the first coming of Jesus Christ, he came to bring peace. He came and rode on a donkey. He came to give sinners the opportunity to find peace with God. But you know, the book of Revelation teaches that when Jesus comes again the second time, what's he riding? A horse. Second time he comes, he comes to conquer, he comes to judge. First time, he comes to bring peace. Oh, may you know Jesus Christ is your Prince of Peace. Before he comes as judge. So that donkey was needed. And uh, I want to encourage you this morning, my brother and sister in Christ, we're just like that donkey. You're needed. In fact, the Lord could say of every single one of us here this morning who knows him, I have need of you. There's a task 
that you've been chosen to accomplish. And you need to find that task. You need to find that place. And you need to be available. And maybe that would just be such a specific word from God to some of you here today. Because, you know, a lot of Christians, they become Christians and then just go about their merry way, living their lives as always. And, and even as Christians, it's very easy to get totally immersed in money and the career and the things that we do in this world. And we get so preoccupied with all of these things. Have you ever considered that God has need of you right where you're at? Are you available to him? You know, it's all about availability. It's not about capability. Some of you think, well, I'm not sure I can do anything. I'm not. Whatever God calls you to do, he'll take care of that. He'll equip you. He'll make you capable. It's all about being available. You're needed. You're chosen. Okay, so that donkey was chosen and it was needed to carry out a task. What was the task for that donkey? Well, I love it. That donkey had the high honor of carrying Jesus to the masses. It says in verse 7, they brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them and set him on them, and a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out. Picture this, these large crowds, and Jesus is being brought to the masses. And the donkey had the privilege of being the Lord's mode of travel. That was his task. My brother and sister in Christ, that's our task. You may wonder, what have I been chosen for in this generation? What am I needed to do? You know what you're called to do as a Christian? To carry Jesus to the masses. To make Jesus known. To carry Jesus in our lives everywhere we go. In our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools. To our family members, our friends, our co-workers, our fellow students. To total strangers. Christian, you've been called to carry Jesus to the waiter at that restaurant where you have lunch every Sunday after church. In your neighborhoods, to the guys that you play golf with, to all the things that you do in life, in every place. Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 5, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp, put it under a basket, put it on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And then the the great commission, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit. Carry Jesus everywhere you go. Shine for him everywhere. And can I just gently encourage you and exhort you this morning as a Christian? Don't bring political agendas to people. Bring all your politics to people. Don't bring religion to people. Don't bring religious creeds and religious rituals. Don't bring some complex theological system to people. Bring Jesus to people. As simple as that. Let Jesus shine through you. Because everything about Christianity is Jesus. Amen? And people need Jesus. And people need to see Jesus in you. And you need to be able to tell other people about Jesus. You know, I've I've noticed for some Christians, not all Christians, but there are a lot of Christians that think shining for Jesus, telling others about Jesus, that's that's this big thing for, for a minister. It's something... They tend to see it as something that's way out in the future. It's something, well, one day I'll become a pastor for that, or maybe one day I'll, I'll go on a mission trip. Or, or, you know, it's like they wait for this future opportunity that they think's big. When ministry really happens every single day, right where you're at, right where you live, Ina Dooley Ogden wrote a beautiful song. It's called Brighten the Corner Where You Are. I've always loved it. Listen to this stanza. Do not wait until some deed of greatness you may do. Do not wait to shed your light afar. To the many duties ever near you now be true. Brighten the corner where you are. Here for all your talent you may surely find a need. Here. Reflect the bright and morning star. Ever from your humble hand, the bread of life may feed. Brighten the corner where you are. Do you realize that the Lord places us in corners that really are only accessible to us, unique to our circumstances? You have a corner. To lighten. You have a place to shine for Jesus right then and there. That's why you're here. That's why you've been chosen. And you are very much needed. All right. I want you to notice a fourth lesson about this donkey. And I think this one's really important. That donkey needed to be supernaturally steered. It had to be controlled by the Lord. It had to be surrendered to the Lord. Now, you may have noticed here in Matthew's account that uh, Matthew mentions a donkey and a colt. Did you notice that? So you got like an adult mama donkey and a younger donkey. Luke's gospel and Mark's gospel and John's gospel only mentions the younger donkey. 
And those gospels make it very clear that the donkey that Jesus rode upon was the younger donkey. So you put it all together, mama donkey and younger donkey came. Mama donkey probably there to comfort younger donkey. And mama donkey probably walked right there along with them. But Jesus rode upon the colt, the foal. Now, Mark's gospel and Luke's gospel also gives us this detail. Nobody had ever ridden the younger donkey before. Jesus Christ was the first passenger. It's almost like that younger donkey was born to carry Jesus. So, there had to be some supernatural steering The Lord Jesus was supernaturally controlling that donkey. And all that donkey had to do was simply respond to the supernatural steering of the Lord. And we are also like that donkey. We need to be steered. We need the supernatural control of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if that's going to be true in your life, listen, you must surrender your life to Christ. You must, gang, brother, sister, in Christ, there must come a moment in your life where you give the Lord the keys, the reins. And you let him steer you. Where life becomes about finding out what he wants to do and pleasing him. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. There must come a moment in each one of our lives as Christians where like John the Baptist, we say of ourselves, I must decrease, but Jesus must increased where he literally calls the shots let him steer you you know God will show you day by day the task that you're to complete and how you're to do it and you know how he gives us a road map the biggest road map for truth is what the whole bible the word of God So if you want to be steered by the Lord, do a deep dive into the scripture regularly. Study God's word. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Listen, that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every good work. You want to know what your work is? You want to be thoroughly equipped? And then the scripture also teaches that God has given us his Holy Spirit. As Christians, when you become a Christian, you become a temple of the Holy Spirit. You're filled with him. Jesus promised, when I leave, I'm going to send a helper, a a, a comforter, a counselor, a guide. As a Christian, the Holy Spirit is with you day by day by day. And if you quiet down every now and then and listen for his voice, 
He'll steer you. He'll lead you day by day into those opportunities where God has placed you, where God has chosen you. I'm telling you, man, the Holy Spirit will pull back on those reins. And when he does, stop. When he says, giddy up, I don't know if that's how you get a donkey to go, but giddy up. He pulls the right rein. Turn right. Pulls the left rein. Turn left. Hear his voice. Carry Jesus. Under the very control of Jesus. What a beautiful lesson. And then we have one final lesson from the donkey that I want you to take note of. And this is pretty obvious. Humbleness. That donkey was humble. When you think of a donkey, what do you think? Yeehaw. <laughs> I'm so humble. It's got to be the most humble animal, right? And there was no drama with that donkey. That donkey wasn't strutting around. Look at me. Look who I'm carrying around. The animal was humbly chosen, humbly needed, and that donkey humbly carried out his task. And after the task, you never hear of the donkey again. He just did exactly what he was called to do. And all the attention went to the one riding on him, right? So too, as Christians, we need to be like that donkey. We need to be people who are humbly carrying Jesus into every sector of society. Now, again, a lot of people, they think of ministry as something that's seen and visible. And, you know, the pastors and the evangelists of the world, they do that thing. But please know, most ministry, in fact, the great majority of ministry happens Privately, day by day, right where you live. As you go in and you shine the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, if God does use you in a very visible way, some Christians are called to do that. You stay humble in that. Don't ever think you're hot shot. Because I like to remember quite often, God can use a donkey. Who am I? Who am I? I just want to be that humble man who takes Jesus into this world. And I pray that that would be something that we would all do. Christian, never forget you're chosen, you're needed. You've been called in place in the world to carry Jesus into that sector. You need to do so completely surrendered and under the control of Jesus. And you need to be humble. Humble. I read something out of 1 Peter chapter 4. I think it's just this perfect 
passage that kind of sums up all that we've talked about today. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 4. It says, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, a work, a task, minister in it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers or serves, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So, Father, I pray that we would take these simple lessons to heart. Lord, I pray that we would be so willing and available to be used by you on a day-by-day basis, not waiting around for the big thing, but for even the smallest thing day by day, in our neighborhoods. God, I pray we'd shine for you. I pray that all the attention in our lives would go to you, not us. Lord, we love you. We're so grateful for what you've done in our lives. And we know, Lord, that you love us all people and you love all these other people in our lives that you're trying to reach and so Lord may we be your humble vessels to share with all those people in our lives may we make an impact in our sphere of influence Then, Lord, I want to pray for anyone here this morning who perhaps does not have a relationship with the Lord. You came to church, you're checking it out. Would you please understand something about Christianity? It's all about Jesus. It's not a religion. It's not politics. It's none of that stuff. Everything about the Bible and everything in Christianity points to wonderful Jesus the Son of God. The Bible says we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. God is holy. He's without sin. Sin must be judged. It must be punished. But God is also a God of grace, so he sent his son Jesus, who went to that cross and died in our place for the sins. He took our punishment. And he rose again. And if you invite the Lord Jesus to be your Savior, if you admit your sinfulness, and in, the quiet, in your heart cry out, 
ask the Lord Jesus to save you and be your savior. He will save you. And he will come into your life and he will teach you how to carry him every day he gives you in this life. Have you done that? Have you received him? I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. If that's you, express your faith. Place your faith in Christ. Just in the quietness of your heart, pray something like this. Say, Lord Jesus, I bow before you. I surrender. I acknowledge you as Lord and Savior and King. I absolutely confess my sinfulness. I'm a sinner and I need to be forgiven. And thank you for dying on the cross for my sins and paying the price for me. Be my Lord and my Savior. Save me and then use my life for your glory. Jesus' name, amen.